This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. I'm here. It's time for a community report. Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays to kick off the second hour. This is what we do. We check in with our friends from across the country and find out what's going on over there in disability news, events, and just fun things, fun things all overall. Marisa Hersey-Meisner is joining us now from St. John, New Brunswick. How's it going over there, Marisa? Oh, it's a beautiful sunny day here, 13 degrees clear, so it's uh, beautiful. Lovely. And um, to add on to that beautiful, we are going to talk about an opportunity for New Brunswick blind hockey, or is it blind hockey? Ball hockey. Blind ball hockey <laughs> as an opportunity for people to check out. So uh, describe this for us and what's going on with the opportunity. Well, recently, uh, St. John Common Council has um, given the green light to go ahead and build a and construct a uh, ball hockey arena facility. And this uh, facility will have inside and outside rinks. And I thought this is a great opportunity for blind and or para uh, ball hockey fans and and those that would be interested in participating in ball hockey to get to get engaged to get uh, active and participate in ball hockey i mean who i mean after all we are canadian we we all love hockey so uh why not uh, try it out and so i i thought bringing this to uh, our community's attention uh that you know they can start preparing to uh you know get the teams together do some practicing and that sort of thing and then once the facility is up and going they can be ready to to play the game now this is kind of a um not so common uh, blind ball hockey i think at least generally speaking so do we know what the the kind of uh registration or just awareness of what it is in new brunswick in St. John? I don't know that there's, uh, I know that uh, for ball hockey, there has been a big uptake in, in uh, individuals participating in it from uh, Gary Crossman, one of the local uh, league um, presidents, vice presidents, has uh, basically said that uh, the numbers have gone from 250 individuals to 500 within the last uh, year, two wow. years. So, yeah. and and it's less expensive. Uh, ball hockey is less expensive than regular hockey. So, that's one of the reasons why I thought this might be a great opportunity mm. for blind individuals or or even those individuals with other disabilities to get involved in, in trying it out anyway. And yeah. I do know that uh, there is some pucks that are uh, available uh, that has um, some audible sound to it. So, yeah, it would make it accessible. So yeah. I thought it's such a different it's such a very different sport in that sense, because your stick doesn't have to be the kind of stick that you have on an ice rink. Their ball doesn't have to be as necessary as as ability rugged to take the punishment um and and it's it's it can be that sport that a little bit more inclusive for many people now again i don't know a lot about the rules and that kind of thing but it's one of those things that would be kind of cool is that to see it 
blow up there a little bit and people come out and maybe people feel um, a bit more, hey, I can do that. I may not be able to skate, but I could run around and do that. Well, exactly. And that was my thought because, you know, um, skating, like you said, um, you know, there's there's some orientation, like you can possibly get a little bit more dizzy or, you know, with the whole, uh, the feeling underfoot, where if you're on solid ground, you know, you're, you're more apt to feel like you can navigate and orientate around uh, to get that ball and, and to, to make that goal. Yeah. Yeah, that's really great. But I, I kind of like that. I mean, I understand there's it's it's to each your own and what you kind of like. But that cost thing too, really nice. If you break a ball, break a stick, or bend it, it's a it's a bit of a different uh, different feel. Um, your second topic is a CNIB uh, CNIB get on board campaign. Yes, uh, CNIB, uh, the first part of October, I think it was from October 2nd to the 13th, they had a get on board campaign, which meant uh, individuals uh, with sight loss would get on board uh, public transportation and kind of do a survey of the barriers and the uh, challenges that we all face from you know, bus stop uh, navigation, wayfinding to uh, lack of audible announcements and, you know, uh, lack of audible pedestrian signals, those types of things. And um, so uh, Moncton was one of the uh, cities that had participated in that uh, event this year. And uh, there was a great turnout of uh, passionate, uh, enthusiastic advocates that wanted to let the decision makers um, become more aware of the challenges and barriers that they face on a daily basis. And so the mayor, um, Dawn Arnold uh, of Moncton, she actually had made the comment, you know, I'll never take my eyesight for granted again, because she was able to see the the challenges and the barriers. And she actually had put on the the goggles, the simulator goggles that CNIB uses uh, to to help bring awareness to uh, vision loss. And so uh, she really had a wake up call. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And and I think that's what it takes for people sometimes to, whoa, I mean, nobody can understand what each person goes through. We can't ever walk in anyone. I don't care what the situation is. Anyone shoes 100%. We can try to understand on an empathy level. Okay. But if you have some kind of idea, uh, and I know that was one of the things that people, when I was growing up, were the most frustrated with, because they wanted to understand, but recognize, well, I'm, I'm never going to have hopefully, you know, his vision to understand uh, fully, or they'll say, oh, but is there a way I can learn? Can I find out? Can I, for a few moments, at least have a perception? And it is so hard, isn't it, Marisa? It It is, because with, with vision loss, there's a spectrum. There's a you know, there, there's such a wide range of, you know, what, what a person can see. Some people mm-hmm. can't see anything. Some people can see yeah. light. Some people can actually read with a magnifying yeah. glass and so on and so forth. So it is, um, it's one of those things that's even difficult for us to say, you know, <laughs> what, what yeah. challenges that we have and, and yeah. that sort of thing. 
And so in transit um, in New Brunswick and, and transportation has really been a major barrier, uh, especially in rural areas, but even in the large municipalities because the bus stops aren't accessible and, and so on and so forth. So I was really happy to hear or when I spoke with Debbie Jeffries after this event that she also plans to have um, uh, more events next year uh, that would be including St. John and Fredericton because there, there are definitely barriers in, in the other two larger cities in the province. So we would like to uh, get get that information out there and, and CNIB with their uh, their recent uh, announcement of their strategic plan, uh, the safe journeys. I think that uh, it's a great way of, of advocating and bringing awareness to the issues. Yeah, I, I think that it's interesting the approach of, you know, get on these transportation modes with us and not the... Um, some of the older ways of campaigning for these things, like here, let's simulate what it's like for a blind or partially sighted person to get on transport, right? I think that we're really starting to understand it's more of a collaborative approach. Uh, let's all experience this together so we can understand. We were talking yesterday, I was talking yesterday with Mathieu Rochette, our community reporter in Montreal, with around similar things in different areas, right? Where we're talking sports being played inclusively with a bunch of people. Um or other things where you're saying, I, it's not for me to have you experience these things the way that I would experience them, but let's do it together so you can actually understand what the difference is, what the gap is in experience. So it's very effective, I think. Uh, you want to talk, the last thing before we let you go is uh, Murray McLaughlin being invited to the Imperial Theater. Yes, um... Murray McLaughlin is um, a 11-time uh, Juno Award winner. He, he also is a Order of Canada, and uh, he's he plays uh, wonderful uh, folk country music, well known here in Canada, not so much uh, in the U.S. But uh, anyway, he's going to be here on October 26 at 7.30 at the Imperial Theatre. Tickets will be uh, 68.25, so that's not too bad. And I think it's going to be a, a really good show. He's going to be uh, playing his new album and probably a little bit of new and old uh, music. So I think that'll be a good night. Fantastic. Maurice, I'm glad we squeezed that last one in. Um, obviously a great get, and people will probably very much look forward to the visit. Thank you so much for the community report. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Marisa Hersey-Meisner joining us from St. John, New Brunswick for her community report. And you can tune into these reports during the second hour, Mondays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So much to pick up from our community reporters. Thanks, guys. Always. The Walrus is Canada's conversation and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts. Always wonderful.